I had a spoon of supper halfway to my lips when the knock came. Curse Caesar and his census, I said, and not for the first time that day. All the sons of Bethlehem come home to a town that has only one inn. And my inn isn't much, trust me. Some water, stable around back, some bare rooms around a little courtyard. I'll provide the fire, but, but you can cook your own food, thank you very much. The views aren't bad, I guess. See, Bethlehem's up, up on a hillside. You always go up to Bethlehem. The valley tumbles out below. You can, you can see farms and, and roads leading off into the, into the distance. On, on a clear day, you can see Jerusalem. I mean, that's how close we are. So if there's a festival or a holy day, we'll rent out every space we have. Right, right down to space on the ground for pitching a tent. But whatever space we have has been full up for days. Personally, I'll... I'll be happy when it's quiet again. Some innkeeper I am. Sometimes I wonder what, what my life would have been like if, if I hadn't taken up the family business. Hadn't, you know, followed the script. What if I'd chosen a, a different path? Left Bethlehem altogether. Ah, uh, who knows? Instead, I, I married the girl next door. <laughs> Settled down to start a... Well, fact is, I've never been more than two days down the road. Spent my whole life here on the edge of David's town. A, a town whose greatness seemed to start and end with that shepherd kid, by the way. For generations, my family has been offering shelter to strangers. People on their way home. People, people leaving home or people who, who don't call any place home anymore. As a boy, I, I loved hearing the travelers' stories. I'd sneak up by the fire late at night. Not close enough so they'd tell me to scamper off, but, but close enough to listen. I was fascinated. Exotic places, expensive goods. There were merchants and soldiers and thieves and royalty. But over time, I realized that, that all their stories were, were pretty much the same. The details changed. The, the roads changed. The, the names changed. But at the end of the day, every traveler passing through this inn was searching for rest, safety, for people to be with, for home. And, and that's what I wanted to offer people, home. So, so when I inherited this place from my father, I, I, I fixed it up, cleaned out the stable, repaired some of the walls. I thought that's all it would take. Turns out there's, there's more to home than four walls and a roof. And, and how could I offer a home to other people when I hadn't even found it myself? Well, anyway, with the census, 
The years, these years have passed quickly, and with the census here, I'm, my, my full-time job is turning people away. And that's what I was doing that night when the knock came. We have no room, I shouted, without even getting up from the table. Go away, I said, when the knock came a second time. Had I not been clear? Finally, I, I went to the door and opened it up, and, and there they were. Young couple, husband and wife, looked like. He was standing there in the doorway. She was sitting nearby on a rock and next to a, an ancient-looking beast that might once have been a donkey. <laughs> they were a sight. They were filthy from the road. But, but even beneath that, you could see these, these people were, were poor. They had the look and the, and the smell of, of people who've been too long on the road. Clothes grimy, their feet caked with dirt. Pure exhaustion in the woman's eyes and desperation in his. Please, he began, but I cut him off. We're all full, I said, and I went to close the door. But just then the woman shifted on the rock and, and groaned, and that's when I saw it. To say this woman was pregnant would be an understatement. Even, even a fool like me could see that her time was, was near. Well, seeing as I noticed, he asked again, please. But now I was even more certain the answer was no. A hundred, a thousand times no. I slammed the door in his face. Well, at least I tried to slam it, but... Ever since the weather changed, the wood had shifted and that door hadn't shut proper in a week. Will these people never stop coming? My wife asked. And, and suddenly I realized I was sweating. I did not want her to see them. Joanna, well, let's just say that seeing a woman about to give birth would... I would only make her upset. But on the other side of the door, the man was still pleading, please open up in, in, in the name of our God. God. Now we're bringing God into it. What God? I thought to myself. The, the God who stood by while my wife lost one and then another and then another baby well before their time to be born. The God who took away my dreams for having a son, my wife's dignity, our hopes for the future. Please, I wanted to say, bring your God here. I have some questions for him. I'm not much of an innkeeper. I, I guess I'm not much of a Jew either. Oh, by birth, of course, but... But in my head, my heart, it's, it's just never felt real to me like it seems to for other people. As a younger man, I, I prayed the prayers. I brought my gifts to the temple. I, I did my best to keep the laws. I waited for, for some kind of sign that, 
that, that someone was watching, that, that something I did mattered. There were times, there were times I prayed as hard as a man could pray. But, but there was nothing coming my way. It seemed to me that God had blessed other people, but forgotten about us. I suppose he's out there somewhere. He just, just doesn't seem to be here. Well, just then, the, the door opened inward, just a crack. And a, a dusty hand reached through and, and rapped on the frame where it had stuck. The man stuck his head through the, through the door, and, and, and he said, I can fix this and any other repairs you might have around the place. Please, may we stay, he said, even with the animals. I'm of the house and line of David, he said. This is my town, and my wife needs rest. This man, a descendant of David? Well, now I've heard everything. I mean, he seemed like a, a decent guy in a tough spot, aren't we all? A descendant of David? I couldn't see it. I mean, you would never pick this man out of a crowd. But, but, but looking at his hands, I, I believed him about fixing the door and some of the other things that need fixing around here. Fine, I heard myself saying. If you want to sleep with the animals, that's fine with me. Well, it's your choice. I'll charge you what's fair, I said. He was gone before I knew it, before I could even ask if, if he had money to actually pay. I heard him explain to, to his wife that they'd be sleeping in the stable. I expected her to complain. Instead, she, she praised God. Oh, I went back to my supper, cold by now, A young couple's going to stay in the stable, I said to my wife. In the stable, she said. Why did you let them stay? She's, um, she's well along with child, I said, avoiding her eyes. Of course she is, Joanna said, slammed a pan down on the table. Well, you'd think for someone so exhausted, I'd have slept well. But I tossed and turned all night, listening to that wind howl outside. I finally drifted off, but then, then just before dawn, I was woken by, by an absolute ruckus outside. I mean, not out front, in front of the inn, but, but out back, behind us. As, as, if, as if bandits had come down out of the hills. Thieves. Stupid ones by the sound of it. No doubt after the animals being stabled by all the travelers. I, I leapt out of bed and, and went out to see what was going on and there was this crowd of men rushing toward, toward the stable. Shouting, jumping, waving shepherd's staffs. I was ready to fight them all off. and One of them grabbed me by the arm and said, Come. He practically dragged me, come and see. 
And, and the strange thing was, I could see. The sun hadn't cracked the horizon yet, but there was this star overhead, glaring bright. And I was still wondering what that star was all about when, when we went tumbling into the stable. And, and there, to my everlasting shame, lying in a trough where I put hay for the animals was a baby wrapped in the shabbiest cloths you could imagine, asleep, eyes shut tight against the strange new world. The mother was lying nearby. She sat up when we came in. Please, excuse us, I said, and I turned to chase the shepherds out. I mean, the least I could do was to give them some privacy. But as I turned, the shepherds were, were on their knees, silent, reverent. I've never seen a reverent shepherd in my life, and, and now I'd seen a dozen of them. Young, old, one of them leaning on a cane, one with tears in his eyes, another one humming a song. All of them kneeling before this child. What, what was going on? Who were these people? Why are you here? Someone asked. I'm not even sure who. Was it, was it me or the husband? The oldest, Ventus shepherd said, the angel sent us. The hair on the back of my neck stood up. But the mother, her face burst into a smile. You've seen the angel, she said. This had to have been post-birth delirium. <laughs> Not just one angel, this shepherd boy pipes up. A hundred angels. And he puffed his chest out. Today is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who's Christ the Lord. Then there was a song, he said. <laughs> well, there's no mistaking it. These, these shepherds had... They'd seen something, some kind of, a, some kind of a, a vision of some sort. Another one spoke up. The angel said there would be a sign. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. How could this be? Just then the baby cried. Hungry, I guess. I don't know. And then I noticed the, the flies buzzing around my head and the horses stomping for food. The morning air was cool, but it was suddenly feeling very warm inside, and, and I was having a, a hard time breathing. I, I stepped outside to get some air, and, and there was that star still overhead. The star, the angels, shepherds, what, what was happening and standing there in that star's light, I, hear, I heard a voice. It was in my head, but, but it was like a man was speaking to me. And the words, the words were familiar. I, I remembered them from younger days when I, when, I, when I paid attention to the readings in the temple. From the prophet Isaiah, I think. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a 
son is given. Yeah, I, I remember hearing those words. But I'd long ago assumed those words were for other people, not us. Whoever this child was, he had nothing to do with me. Well, back inside, uh, my wife was just starting the day's bread. Baby's born, I said, not wanting to dwell on it. Some uh, shepherds came to see. <laughs> she was quiet. A little while later, those, those shepherds left town the same way they came in, loud. They were shouting to everyone that Israel's Messiah had been born. Glory to God in the highest, one of them said, right outside our window. And on earth, peace, the kid said. And just then, Joanna looked at me strangely. She put down her bread dough and dusted off her hands and headed out the door. Wait, wait, Joanna. I hurried after her, knowing where she was going and, and that nothing good could come of it. I had to stay with her. And, and truth is, I wanted to see that baby again, look a little more closely, maybe see if, if any of it could possibly be true. We got there right about the same time and quietly stepped into the stable. Now, any baby deserves better than being born in a stable. And I know some children are born into cozier rooms and, and warmer fires and softer cloths. But this child, this child had something that, that all of Caesar's gold can't buy. Love. Love. It was thick in the room. You could feel it. He looks like you, she said to her husband. And they laughed about it, like it was some kind of a joke. <laughs> I couldn't figure out why. <laughs> then, then he looked at her, and he looked at the child. And I thought my heart would cave in. Things things I thought I dealt with came rushing to the surface. All right, maybe, maybe I hadn't dealt with them, but I didn't want to deal with them now. Why, why was this happening? Why, why couldn't they have gone to some other farm down the road? Like, I could hardly bear it, but, but, I, but I couldn't look away. He's ours, the father said, and yet he's not. Again, I, I, I didn't know what he meant. But the mother tensed when he spoke those words. And she tucked that baby closer, as if no one in the world would ever take him away from her. And then she looked at us. We can tell you a story, she said. You might find it hard to believe. Try me, I said. I've heard just about everything. But the story they told, 
an angel and, and a dream and a child conceived by God himself and, and an honorable man who marries a woman who's carrying a child that's not his own. I'd never heard a story like that before. And to be honest, I hate to admit it, my first thought was that she had hoodwinked him and, 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 and pretty good. But, but looking at the two of them, I realized that that couldn't be true. There was nothing unseemly about them. They, they didn't seem foolish or naive. They seemed honest and, and open and, and brave. The word holy crept into my mind, but I pushed it away. So you believe this child is the Messiah, I asked. Yes, she said, just like that. But how can the Messiah be an infant? He will grow, she said. And God will be with us. Can I hold him? I heard Joanna say. And the look in her eye, it was like nothing I'd seen before. It was like, it was like fire and rain at the same time. I, I didn't know if she was angry or jealous or joyful. I was scared. Things were getting out of control here. I mean, our, our home may not be everything we had hoped for, but, but we were doing fine, weren't we? Why stir all this up again? What are you doing, I said. We, we can't keep him. He's not ours. <laughs> she ignored me. She stepped and knelt down and, and the mother put the baby in my wife's arms. And I held my breath. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. After a moment, she looked at me and there were tears streaming down her face. But she wasn't sad. She looked happy. She looked, she looked satisfied. I, I hung back. I didn't, I didn't know what to do in that moment. The two women, they leaned closer, talking amongst themselves, exchanging words I couldn't hear. But then I, I, heard, I heard my wife laugh. My wife, she laughed. It's a miracle, I said to nobody. <laughs> but the husband heard me. And he's only a day old, he said. <sighs> I remembered earlier that day, demanding that God should come down here, that he should show himself, that he should come to this run-down inn we call home and see what it's like. But if what this couple was saying is true, then, then he has, he has come here. But why? Why would God do such a thing? I mean, anything could happen to this child. 
The world is no safe place for an infant. Why would God take such a risk with something so precious? If I, if I ever had a child, I would never, ever give him up like that. Send him to live among broken people like us. All these things, the star, the angel, the shepherds, this child being born, my wife's tears, it was upsetting everything. Our, our comfortable routine, the balance we'd worked so hard to keep. But I sensed that something important was happening. Something very important, right? was right at, my, at the tips of my fingers. And maybe it was God. And I didn't want to close the door too quickly, like I'd nearly done with, with that couple. Joanna handed the baby back to his mother, and I breathed a sigh of relief. She looked up at me, and, and I knew right away what she wanted. It was what I wanted, too. Please, I said to the couple, forgive me for being so rude earlier. Please, Stay with us. Bring the baby inside. Lodge with us. I can't believe I said it. It was crazy. We had no room. It would be crowded and noisy. And all these feelings being stirred up again. But somehow I sensed that after all my years of trying to offer home to other people, these strangers... This child had brought it to me, to us. But wait, I said, do you think those shepherds are coming back? <laughs> Only God knows, the husband said, and then he smiled. He has a good smile. Maybe he's of David's line after all.